Described as the liqueur of the virtues by one of the most famous 19th century Italian authors, Gabriele D'Annunzio, it's no wonder that Montenegro is the best-selling Amaro in Italy. It's full of secrets, too, which also might be why it's so successful. Can one spirit be virtuous and secretive at the same time? We'll have to ask its master herbalist and brand ambassador. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time. Velvety, smooth, intoxicating. No wonder Denuncio and his fellow Italians love it. I'm thrilled to have Matteo Bonoli, the master herbalist, and Rudy Carraro, the global brand ambassador on Lush Life to introduce me to Montenegro's virtues and secrets. But before we get started, and if you live in the UK, then head on over to spiritskiosk.com for your bottle of Amaro Montenegro. You'll receive 10% off the entire site by quoting this code, a Lush Life 10 SK. That's all one word, a Lush Life 10 SK. If you are in the USA, you can also find it on drizzly.com. Now, let's meet Montenegro. Well, it's so great to have you on the show today. I'm so excited because I really don't know that much about Montenegro and I can't wait to hear it from you. Rudy, I've been dying to have you on the show for so long and now we can talk about it. And we also have Matteo. So why don't you both introduce yourself? Rudy, why don't you go first? and tell me a little bit who you are, what you do. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Susan. And it is uh, very nice to be on the show because as you said, we've been uh, planning this for a very long time. My name, as you said, is Rudy Carraro. I'm the global brand ambassador for the Grupo Montenegro, AKA I'm the uh, person who spread the love for the brand all around the world. I've been living in London for the last 10 years until last August when I decided to move back to Italy. And during my career in London, I started as a bartender in an Italian restaurant. And then I've been lucky enough to be working alongside uh, two of my you know, mentors of all the times, Alex Latena and Simone Caporale at the Artesian Bar, where I learned most of the things that I know about hospitality. And uh, I'm still grateful for that time over there. And uh, in 2016, I joined the Grupo Montenegro with the position of UK brand ambassador. And since then, it was just it has been a wonderful journey that you know still have a lot to bring. Fabulous. Now, Matteo, tell us who you are. Ciao, Susan. Thank you for hosting me in this fantastic session. My name is Matteo Bonoli, and I'm the master herbalist for Grupo Montenegro. I joined the Grupo Montenegro in 2010 and i became the master herbalist five years ago before joining grupo montenegro i had a fantastic experience in a, a winery with a distillery and i distill almost any kind of uh, raw materials and this was a, a, a lucky thing for me because i had the opportunity to build my personal knowledge on the spirit industry before doing that i got my phd as a food technologist and analytical chemistry applied to food at the university of bologna now i don't know who to ask this first but maybe we should start with what is montenegro so who wants to take that 
Rudy, I think just to break the, the ice, Rudy is better than me. All right. So, so, okay, before we get into the history, so just technically, what mm. is it? When you open a bottle, what is Montenegro? Well, technically, when we talk about Amaro Montenegro, we talk about an Amaro. Amaro, if you uh, translate it into the English word, it becomes bitter. But that is a misleading translation because we prefer to call our Amaro Montenegro an herbal liqueur. Herbal liqueur because according to the original recipes, we still producing it with a lot of different, as we call them, a lot of botanicals, which are these aromatic herbs that comes from all around the world that we need to, to create Amaro Montenegro. So this is the technical uh, definition of what Amaro Montenegro is. If you want to talk about what you know, it represents, well, in Italy it represents the digestive that everybody uh, at least once in their lifetime enjoy after their meal. And the tradition of drinking it as a digestive most likely comes from the ancient Romans and Greeks that used to drink uh, these elixir, as they used to call them. So this infusion and maceration of botanicals where, you know, they could extract all the good properties that then they would use as a medicine. And for this reason, the, to be drink after the meal to ease the digestion and help, and help the, the, the stomach to relieve, you know all the, the, the tiredness from the, from the meal. And for this reason, most likely, we're still drinking our Amaros after the meal to help the digestion. And uh, this is how Amaro Montenegro is considered in Italy. It's the number one premium liqueur in Italy, and uh, actually Amaro, number one premium Amaro. And it is also the only Amaro that you can find from the very top north to the very deep south of Italy in all the different regions and also in all the different kinds of bars, from the dive bar to the five luxury hotel bars. It is really, really everywhere. But I would pass probably the definition, the, the word to Matteo, if you want to add something to the definition of Amaro. I completely agree with Rudy. An Amaro is a simple uh, spirit drink with at least uh, 15% of alcohol, 15 ABV. And the main sensory note should be bitter. And Amaro Montenegro, for sure, is a, an Amaro with, with a particular sensory note. As a 23 ABV, 23% of alcohol. So it's a pretty in the middle of the category. But Amaro Montenegro has a very nice sensory profile because as a right and a perfect sweet, bittersweet balance. Okay, because in order to build an Amaro, as Rudy mentioned before, the uh, predecessor of an Amaro is a, a vermouth. And in the past, the vermouth was the main alcoholic base was a, a wine base. And we swapped mm -hmm. the wine base with a an alco neutral alcohol. Uh, in particular, for Amaro Montenegro, we use a sugar beet molasses uh, alcohol. Okay, not from grains, not from sugar cane, but from sugar beet molasses and uh, in order to get the sensory uh, profile of uh, amaro montenegro we diluted in the in the in the neutral base some botanicals 40 botanicals to be sure to be exact 40 botanicals that makes so special the final recipe of uh, amaro montenegro but of course uh, in order to understand uh, what amaro montenegro is uh, we need to start from the real beginning from the founding father of Amaro Montenegro, Stanislav Kubianki. 
that was going to be my next my next question. Yeah. Number one, you are obviously the the keeper of the secret, right? The secrets. You're not going to tell us exactly those forty some uh, botanicals, right? We can share. <laughs> some secrets with you, Susan, with your uh, audience, but not all, of course. Uh, we can share <laughs> with you, we are allowed to share with you only 13 out of 40 botanicals. Okay. But first, let's go back. Let's go back to the history because I, that is really intriguing to me. I'll, I'll be very, very happy to tell you everything about it. And Matteo said correctly that everything started with Stanislao Kobianchi. Stanislao Kobianchi is the name of the founding father of Amaro Montenegro. He was um, a Bolognese guy, and he was in his 20s when his family wanted him to become a priest or to follow an ecclesiastic career, okay? But um, Stanislao Kobianchi didn't really have it in him, so he was more like an adventurer. For this reason, he decided that he had to discover the world. So he left Bologna, he, you know, set sail on a merchant ship, and he started a beautiful journey around the world. And during this journey, Stanislao Bianchi was collecting, was tasting, was sampling all the different ingredients, aka botanicals, as I said before, that he wasn't able to find and source in Italy or nearby Bologna, where he was, uh, where he was growing up. And in uh, this journey around the world, he was uh, collecting different samples uh, of these botanicals. Imagine that from the shores uh, close to Bologna, he left, you know, and he set sail for, um, basically he's been to the Northern Africa. He went to the Turkey region that uh, that time was called the Anatolia. He went to China, he went to India, he went to Madagascar, uh, he went to Caribbean, the Caribbean era, so Central America and also South America. So as you, as you can imagine, he stays on a journey for quite a long time, definitely, you know, a few good years. And um, still, you know, keep on collecting these botanicals. When he decided that he saw enough and he collected enough samples, he went back to Bologna. And with this idea in mind to create something that nobody did before, he started to experiment in his uh, lab. Of course, he had a lab downtown. And... Uh, after a few years of experimentation in his lab, he cracked the perfect recipe of Amaro Montenegro. And from these uh, hundred, maybe thousand of botanicals, he narrowed the numbers down to 40, as you know already. And uh, still are the 40, still are the 40 botanicals that we use today to create Amaro Montenegro. So, Stanislav Bianchi created the recipe in 1885, and since then, he, have, uh, he never changed, and we are very, very proud of it, actually. The history of uh, Amaro Montenegro doesn't stop there, because um, Stanislav Kobianchi gave a different name to his liquid from the very first beginning, and it was the elixir of Lunga Vita. So the long-life elixir. He probably used the word elixir for the fact that uh, back in the days, uh, like in the ancient Roman times, this kind of medicine that were called elixir based on botanicals. Amaro Montenegro changed his name into the actual Amaro Montenegro because Stanislao Kobianchi wanted to pay homage to the princess Elena of Montenegro that she was living in Italy at the time. At the time, I mean, between the 19th and 20th century, so at the end of the 1800s, the beginning of the 1900s, because she would be the very first queen of Italy by marrying the king of Italy, Vittorio Emanuele III, in the very beginning of the 1900s. 
Sonic Loco Bianchi to pay homage to the princess of Montenegro and to the royal wedding, decide to dedicate to her his uh, long life elixir. So he changed the name from uh, Elixir of Lunga Vita to Amaro Montenegro. And last but not least, he also designed the bottle himself. Stanislavko Bianchi got inspired by an ampulla or a vaya that he was using in his lab. And uh, he designed the shape, the very iconic shape of the Amaro Montenegro bottle, which was actually very, very clever because at that time it was very, very easy to recognize the bottle of Amaro Montenegro on the back bar of any bar around Italy and the world, basically. And this was the kind of marketing that Stanislavko Bianchi did for his fantastic liquid. And of course, the shape of the bottle that you see today still is the same, just a little bit more modern and uh, uh, refreshing in terms of the label uh, colors and everything. But we definitely never change the shape of it because it is uh, like our uh, signature. Of course, it's iconic around the world. Do you know how long it took him to figure out which 40 botanicals he was going to choose from? Well, we know that it definitely took him some years. Uh, between four and five years of experimentation before he cracked the recipe uh, like he wanted to. Rudy, you did a, a very good job, of course. You, you, you explained in, in very deep details all the life of, uh, the fantastic life of Stanislav Kubianki, our founding father, and uh, the genius behind uh, the bottle that uh, we link uh, together now. And Stanislav was born in 1862. And we know for sure that he set sail when he was a teenager, when he was 14, 15, and cracked on with the recipe in 1885. So maybe, as Rudy said, took at least three, four, five years of experimentation. And did he write this down every step of the way? Like, do you have history, historical documentation as to how he tried it and what he did? Yes, we have a huge number of papers that even a special book with all the experiment of course in a safe place. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> nobody can can see it, of course. Yeah. In order Except to... for you, of course. Okay, I'm one of the, of the <laughs> men behind the recipe, but of course I have a team of people because uh, Grupo Montenegro is a pretty big spirit company in Italy and in order to keep the secrecy of the recipe we did a lot of actions in order that only few people know how to treat the botanicals or how to blend the final infusions for this reason we have two separate plants one is in Teramo in South Italy where only seven people work there and only few people are allowed to go there because you need uh, authorization, of course. I'm allowed to go there, of course, as a master herbalist. And the people working there, they know exactly how to extract only 35 out of 40 botanicals. Because the remaining five botanicals are extracted directly in Bologna, in our plant, in the headquarters where me, Rudy and I, we have our offices. We can keep separating the kind of uh, Chinese boxes, okay? And the people working there in Teramo cannot speak with people working in Bologna, of course. So we can guarantee and ensure the, the secrecy of the recipe. And usually I say that we are maniac for the quality. We have a strong quality control and to guarantee and to ensure the total quality of our 
bottles, I mean not only the liquid, but even the perfection of the shape, the image of the, of the bottle. The label has to be placed correctly in the bottle, the top, and everything has, must be perfect for us. Because we comply with a, a very strong certification, ISO 22000, and is one of the craziest certification for food company. Of course, spirits can be considered as a food because you ingest the spirit, of course. Of course. Now, following on from that, can you tell me how, or as much as you can, tell me how it's made from beginning to end? It's a pleasure to me to share with you some information about the production process of Amaro Montenegro. And everything starts with the 40 botanicals. We can divide the botanicals in three, mains, uh, three main groups, citrus, uh, herbal, and uh, spice. At least for the 13 botanicals that we are allowed to share with you. We can talk about the citrus botanicals. You can find some, or even when you drink uh, your Amaro Montenegro, the very top note uh, of our Amaro Montenegro is the citrus part. Uh, you can discover, perceive, and notice the sweet oranges, the bitter oranges, and some uh, dry oranges. You can even notice the nutmeg, the cloves, and the cinnamon, and these tropical botanicals, traces the step of the fantastic journey of Stanislav Kobianki around the world, because you can source these tropical spices only in the tropics, because our cinnamon, for example, come from the Sri Lanka, the island, the very small island close to India, and the cinnamon, the Ceylon cinnamon, is one of the very sweetest cinnamon that you have ever uh, eaten in your life. And uh, the herbal part of Amaro Montenegro, of course, uh, consists in uh, Artemisia family. Artemisia is the Latin name for the wormwood. Remember, Amaro Montenegro, the Amari category, comes from the, the vermouth in order to build the structure, the body of a vermouth, you need to add some Artemisia, some wormwoods. In fact, the name of the category Vermut comes from the German name for the wormwood. Vermut means wormwood in German. Okay? And beyond yep. these uh, fantastic botanicals, we have uh, some oregano, some marjoram, very Mediterranean botanicals, the coriander seed, and uh, other 27, of course, uh, botanicals that remains absolutely forbidden to share with the, our audiences. Anyway, in Teramo we stock 35 out of 40 botanicals and we keep them in a private room where the humidity, the temperature is controlled, the dark, in order to preserve as much as possible the freshness of aromatic molecules inside the, the, the botanicals. And we grind them just a few seconds before extracting them. And the 35 botanicals undergo three different extractions. One is a boiling, the second one is a maceration, and the third one is a distillation. Boiling simply involves hot water where we put the botanical for proper time. Remember, in order to extract, completely extract the aromatic pattern of the botanicals, you can 
speed up the process with eating the the solution but of course you need to respect the botanicals in order to not burn them okay the maceration is when you steep in a alcoholic solution some botanicals we have three different levels of maceration we have very small maceration five liter of maceration a large maceration and our largest macerator are um, 5000 liter of capacity medium maceration of between 200 to 300 liter of capacity after that after a maceration we can go on with the distillation in order to get the heart of the aromatic botanicals and after the three step of extraction i mean boiling maceration and distillation you obtain 12 mother essences, 12 mother infusions. We blend the 12 in order to get only six notes. But of course, the music cannot be complete without the seventh note, because those five botanicals that I forgot to mention but of course are very secret i cannot share with uh, with our uh, audience the five botanicals the remaining five botanicals are stored in bologna in the headquarter and only the master herbalist that is me of course and my very close uh, collaborator can uh, perform a micro reflux distillation in order to create uh, and replicate uh, the seventh note that uh, makes so special Amaro Montenegro. The name of the seven of the seventh note is a premio, and in English, of course, means a prize. And believe me, it's so concentrated that only one liter out of fifty thousand liter of Amaro Montenegro makes the difference. Is uh, if you can translate, is just one drop of premio inside a bottle. But believe me, Susan, without the premium, Amaro Montenegro would not be Amaro Montenegro, of course. So Amaro Montenegro is done. And starting from the, the first botanicals to the final bottle, it takes six months. I believe that it's one drop. So I know you talked about it being a, a digestive, a digestive. I was wondering throughout the years, since from the first time it was the elixir of long life to becoming Montenegro, have the habits changed in how it was consumed? Or was it always DHSD, Rudy? Well, yes, thank you, Susan. Since the very first beginning, as I said, Amaro Montenegro was uh, consumed as an Amaro, so a digestive, as you said. And this tradition is still very, very strong, especially in Italy and nearby countries that might have the same tradition as Germany and yeah, basically the Dutch area, okay? And what is happening is that Amaro Montenegro has been rediscovered as a very versatile cocktail ingredient, okay? So we still have a very strong digestive consumption, so Amaro Montenegro drunk as a digestive because uh, if you take away that from uh, you know the Italians, they will be mad, I believe. I'm very upset as well. But what we discovered, especially into the international markets like US, Asia, the, the Eastern Europe, UK itself as well, we discovered that the people usually tend 
uh, not to drink a digestive as we Italian intended to. So they don't go for an herbal digestive after the meal, but they rather go for a straight spirit, as you may know. For example, UK, very, very popular, like in, in US, to have a whiskey as mm. a digestive, okay? It's going to take us a little bit more time to get the people all around the world to drink Amaro Montenegro as a digestive on his own, on the rocks. So the perfect serve Amaro Montenegro, as we call it. But we're doing very, very well because, as I said, Amaro Montenegro is the perfect versatile cocktail ingredient because of its different characteristic and flavor profile. So our idea is that in Italy, we still have a very strong digestive consumption for Amaro Montenegro, but we are now trying to get the people to use it into the cocktail world. Around the world is the other way around. So we are having a very huge consumption of Amaro Montenegro into cocktail recipes. And slowly, slowly, we're trying to get the people to get it to order it on, on their own, okay, on its own, uh, with ice or, you know, as they prefer it, to get a little bit more close to what it is, the original Italian consumption as a digestive. As I, as I said, uh, f- uh, for tradition and the similarity of the culture, Germany is the one that uh, likes it to, be, uh, to drink Amaro Montenegro on its own. Yep. German people have a very bitter part, almost like Italians. And um, around the world, when we talk about cocktails, of course, uh, we have a very strong presence uh, in London because uh, I consider myself London the capital of the drinking board. So uh, it is very, very important. uh, And we're very happy to be recognized as a very strong ingredient uh, into the London market. By the same time, uh, cities like uh, New York, uh, San Francisco, LA, uh, Singapore, And at the same time, Shanghai and Hong Kong are cities where we're uh, performing very, very well. And like Madrid, Barcelona, and also Paris, where the weather really really calls for a couple of recipes with Amaro Montenegro that are very refreshing and very tasty. Then on from that, as the brand ambassador, were you finding that Montenegro was being used in cocktails that, or should I say combined with different spirits that you would never have thought it possible until you saw it? Yes, actually. To be honest with you, I always imagine that Amaro Montenegro would not work in, uh, in a tiki drink, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, if you combine it with the rum, pineapple, orgeat, and lime juice, you have a wonderful tiki drink where the pineapple juice really, really goes together with the flavor profile of Amaro Montenegro. But this is just an example. The other example, but this is my baby, I call it. Just because I was the one who had to convince all the other that Tamar Montenegro would work with the, the, this ingredient is the M&M. So the Montenegro and Mezcal. Oh. Equal part of Amar Montenegro and Mezcal, you stir it down with a bit of ice and then you serve it either as a shot that will definitely start the party or a sipping cocktail on the rocks. You can garnish it with a lime zest. It is something that really brings the best out of the, the both brands. You should definitely, definitely need to try that once you have the chance. So as a home bartender, I see this bottle. I've heard of Montenegro. What are your top tips for that home bartender to start off with? There is a drink that I think um, is the perfect drink to make the people uh, fall in love with Amaro Montenegro, which is the Monte Antonic. So we're simply mixing Amaro Montenegro, one part, over three parts of uh, tonic water. 
It's like making a gin and tonic, same proportion, nothing different. And we garnish it with an orange zest, or if you prefer, an orange wheel. Thanks to the low ABV of a Mar Montenegro, we are creating a low ABV cocktail, which is lower in ABV of a gin and tonic or a vodka tonic, if you prefer. It also has much more uh, flavors because Matteo said that we have 40 botanicas that we treat with this, you know, very gentle way so that we can keep all the different aromas and flavors inside of them. So you have a very tasty cocktail as well. And at the same time, it is very dangerous because um, the, 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 the bitter <laughs> notes of the kidin, of the tonic uh, and the bubbles really brings up all the flavors that, that contain into the uh, Amaro Montenegro. So uh, the bitter side of Amaro Montenegro slowly, slowly come to your palate. But first you have the very nice zesty notes of the oranges and the different citrus. And then you have uh, the spicy notes, uh, for example, the notes of cloves and cinnamon that comes to your palate. And then, thanks to the Artemisia and the killing of the tonic and the bubbles, it is very long lingering at the back of your palate. So basically, you have a very, very simple drink, but at the same time, a very tasty drink. These are the drinks that I prefer. So I suggest you, now that the weather is getting a little bit better all over, to try it uh, in a sunny day and, uh, and just let me know what do you think about it. Absolutely. Now, for our friends in Australia, where the weather is getting slightly chillier, because it's so spicy and you smell the clove, it's a perfect winter drink as well. In this case, I would strongly recommend to try Montenegroni, which is a twist that I make with Amaro Montenegro on the classic Negroni. So we use the gin, still as you know, the main alcoholic base, because we need a bit of strength, otherwise you know, we cannot call it Negroni if it's too weak. And then we use Amaro Montenegro that thanks to the Artemisia and the Bitter Botanicas, we can consider it as a vermouth in this case. And then what I like to do is to add a bit of select, which is uh, the other aperitif in our portfolio to complete the recipe. This is my version of the Montenegroni, but at the same time, you can treat it since, as I said, Amaro Montenegro is very versatile, you can also treat it as a bitter, so you can create it with Amaro Montenegro, gin, and vermouth, if you prefer it. It's a, a slightly sweeter version, but also very, very tasty. And in here, I mean, the Negroni is the king of the aperitivo. It's nice. It works you up, especially during the, the autumn and winter days. Uh, I love it. And it's very easy also to, to find the recipes over the web. But the proportion that I use usually are for the one with the Mar Montenegro vermouth gin. I usually do uh, two parts of Amaro Montenegro, one part of vermouth and one part of gin. So that uh, we really have the flavor that Amaro Montenegro that really comes through. And the one where I use select, I do uh, 40 Amaro Montenegro, uh, 25 uh, aperitivo select and uh, 40 uh, gin. So that we keep the balance uh, with the gin and Montenegro and select as well. We need to keep it a little bit lower, otherwise it would be too pungent and we lose a Mar Montenegro flavor. But Matteo, <laughs> I also wanted yeah. to ask you, how do you suggest drinking it? Should it be room temp, from the fridge, with a bit of ice? So tell me how to do it that way. Okay, I think in any way you drink Amaro Montenegro is the, the best way. Somehow I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> from the, the connoisseur that you are. Yeah. Thank you for the question, because the best way to drink and to taste uh, Amaro Montenegro 
in order to perceive all the sensory features is room temperature. But in order to enjoy the most Amaro Montenegro, of course, uh, you can drop some ice cubes to make uh, Amaro Montenegro a little bit more, more sweet, more sensual, more velvety, more silky. Okay, I don't suggest to drink Amaro Montenegro too hot, apart from some hot cocktails, of course, because in certain times I like Amaro Montenegro hot. But maybe later on Rudy can tell you something more about a hot cocktail made with Amaro Montenegro. But we don't suggest to drink Amaro Montenegro frozen because the ABV is uh, too low because uh, if you put Amaro Montenegro in the freezer after a while it can become uh, a block of ice, of course. Yeah. But uh, you can feel, uh, you can perceive the mm, very sweet and uh, mm, it smells like uh, a honey, a chestnut honey and the very top note is a fragrant note of essential oils coming from the orange peels, of course, but even the, the mm -hmm. very gentle pungency of the spices, of the mm, cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg, some, even some pimento, pimento, some old spices, and something very sweet, okay? When I mention different botanicals, doesn't mean that, doesn't imply that that botanicals is used for making Amaro Montenegro, because there are some botanicals, they have some flavoring compounds pretty common. For example, cinnamon, cloves, and nutmeg have some molecules in common among them. Amaro Montenegro reminds me even some candy, candy oranges, candy uh, cider, and uh, a little bit of uh, undergrowth, a very healthy note. And uh, to me is uh, absolutely inviting. Amaro Montenegro invites you to, to be drunk and uh, of mm -hmm. course uh, amaro montenegro is not super bitter but uh, it stays in your aftertaste uh, definitely for a pretty long time and you can uh, perceive very herbal and uh, vegetal notes mm -hmm. of an amaro montenegro for a long 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 time it's it's super delicious it's so good why don't we finish off with some of the hot cocktails You've had your Negroni or your, your Montenegroni. Could you serve it up as a hot toddy or, you know, a hot toddy kind of cocktail, Rudy? Yes, exactly. That's uh, the direction I was going, uh, was going to as well. Hot toddy made with Montenegro, it is delicious. For the same reason that I just tell you about, because he has a different flavor profile, the 40 botanicals that really, really makes it easy to mix with. Okay, because... Uh, uh, what we always say is in, uh, in Grupo Montenegro is that you have to be a superstar bartender to make a drink uh, with other Amaros, but you just need to be an okay home bartender to make good drinks with Amaro Montenegro. That's a great line. I love that. <laughs> the last thing to ask is for my top, top tips for the home bartender. Very important tip is have fun. Okay, because this is what, you know, creating drinks is all about. Uh, if it's not your job, you're going to have fun. If it is your job, you're going to make people have fun. You know, imagine a situation in the bar where, you know, it was still possible to go to bars. Uh, this is uh, what our environment, our job is all about. And uh, thanks to the support like yours, Susan, you know, we're spreading the word of 
you know, home bars, uh, make your own cocktail and help people get more confident to what they drink. Because over the years, people got a lot of more sophisticated on what they um, uh, on what they eat. And now I think it's happening the same thing with the drink. People are getting more sophisticated on what they drink. They're getting more conscious of what they drink. So I guess it is it is important to experiment at home if you have the chance, if you like to, to try you know and be your own bartender or your home bartender. This is for me the a very important tip. Okay. So then if you want to get into the details, I can tell you that you can shake with a jam jar. That's absolutely fine. You can use a coffee cup, uh, Italian espresso, okay, Italian espresso coffee cup as a, a portion or a measuring jigger. Usually, espresso, Italian espresso coffee cup are around 60 milliliters. If you don't fill it up until the top, you have a nice 50 milliliter measure. And don't forget to have always a bit of ice in your freezer. Otherwise, you won't yep. be able to make cocktails unless it's winter and you want to make hot cocktails. And you can try and make your homemade ingredients. There are a lot of different books that you can find on the web that suggest you and teach you how to do very simple homemade ingredients. That could be you can make your own syrup, you can make your own cordial, you can make your own fermentation. And trust me, you be you will be amazed to see how easy it is to create a simple, delicious cocktails at home. And you also be, be very, very satisfied with it when, you know, you showcase everything to your friends and family. You see, look, I made this. So you should be proud of it. So, yeah, this is basically it. Fabulous. Now, I always ask one question before I leave. If you could be drinking anything anywhere right now, where would that be? So why don't we start with Matteo? Definitely at the, at the top of a mountain because I like skiing of course and i like amaro montenegro when we rest after a very hard and tough day of skiing unfortunately i like skiing but the season was completely closed this year for the situation and this is the place where i would like to be right now <laughs> i understand how about you rudy well to be honest with you susanna I was about to say, you know, in a beautiful beach, uh, probably, you know, the Caribbean area with my Monte Tonic in the hand. But where I would really like to be right now is in the back bar at the end of a very busy shift, okay, in a bar after serving all the different customers all night long and having a very cold beer. That has always been one of my favorite drinks to have. I understand that completely. Well, listen, thank you so much for sharing all your information about Montenegro, for being on the show. I've learned so much. It was really great to see you, Rudy, and to meet you, Matteo. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Susan. It's been a pleasure for us to be here. And hopefully we'll be able to see each other in person because you know that whenever you would like to come and visit us, we're more than happy to host you so we can show you our production site in person. Oh my goodness, I would love that. Thank you, Susan. Once the, the time permits to meet each other, absolutely. Since you are uh, so in love with Italy, you are more than welcome. And believe me, once you visit us on, on the plant, you uh, completely fall in love with the, our brands. Trust me. I already have fallen in love. So have a great day and I'll see you in Italy. Ciao. Ciao, Susan. Thank you. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thank you. A huge thank you to Rudy and Matteo for becoming Lush Lifers. So, 
if you want to do it the Italian way. Start drinking Montenegro as a digestive, neat, with an ice cube, after dinner. Otherwise, try one of our cocktails of the week. We have two simple Montenegro cocktails for our cocktails of the week. The Monte Antonic and the Monte Negroni. For the Monte Antonic, add 50 mils of Amaro Montenegro to a highball glass filled with ice. Then, top it up with 150 mils of tonic water and give it a gentle stir. Then garnish with orange zest. For the Monte Negroni, add 40 mils of Amaro Montenegro to a rocks glass full of ice. And then add 20 mils of sweet vermouth or select. And then 20 mils of gin. Stir it gently and then garnish with orange zest. Don't forget you can find Amaro Montenegro at spiritskiosk.com and use the coupon ALUSHLIFE10SK for 10% off. You'll find this recipe, more Montenegro cocktail recipes, and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll find all the ingredients in our shop. I'm sorry that I wasn't here last week. My dad is sick, and it's tough to juggle everything. Thank goodness for Lush Life. It has kept me going. If you live for Lush Life, make sure you head out to the bars and restaurants you love and tell them how much you love them. Theme music for Lush Life is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leads me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly and wash your hands and wear a mask. Next week, we'll be talking tequila, and no, it's not 100% agave, and we'll tell you why. Until that time, bottoms up.